Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Muckleshoot Casino welcomes you back with safety as our top priority. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back, and feast on a variety of delectable dining options. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Hey, it's Horse Racing Northwest. Thanks for joining us. Podcast from Emerald Downs in and about Northwest Horse Racing and beyond. Joe Withy and Vince Bruin. Vince, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Joe. We head into week three with cards Wednesday at 2.15 and Thursday at 5. Doing a little calculations. Looks like we have about seven and a half horses per race this week, which is right about the season average of 7.6. So things going along pretty well. That's great. Yeah. Wednesday and Thursday racing in Emerald Downs. That's our schedule early in the season. And once again, the fifth floor is open Wednesday through Sunday for full card simulcasting and dining. You can head up to floor five. Uh, just get your temperature taken when you get in. It's easy breezy. Wear your facial covering. And we're open a half hour before the first simulcast race, 10 minutes after the last. Up on floor five, Wednesday through Sunday. The Quarter Shoot Cafe also open Wednesday through Sunday. Um, for wagering, no live tellers back there, but the Sam machines are active in Joe and Sally Steiner's Quarter Shoot Cafe. And the cafe, of course, is open seven days a week, which, uh, uh, yeah, they uh, provide just a great service for our stable area and uh, visitors as well. So we are talking racing. As you mentioned, Vince, our third week of racing coming up and uh, 10 race cards each day so looking forward to that uh, let's see uh one thing we wanted to hit early uh of course the live streaming on the emerald downs website has been a regular feature for many seasons now things did change contractually with rtn uh, the satellite provider so it is free through the month of july if you sign up and you are aware of that i am aware of that yeah and uh the race replays, if you want to watch a replay of a given race, are still available the day after. So, for example, tomorrow's race is Wednesday. You could watch Thursday, etc. 
Yeah, easy click there. So uh, race replays available at emeralddowns.com. Now, if you want to sign up for RTN, again, it's free through the month of July. Go to emeralddowns.com. There's a banner at the top of the homepage. Click on that. It's easy to sign up. And after that, if you want to just take Emerald Downs, it'll be $5 per month through RTN. And it is HD. It's beautiful video. If you hit the the uh, the full screen uh, click, it's just really nice on your desktop computer and HD video. You get replays as well. If you want to take all thoroughbred tracks, it's $15 per month. So free through the month of July, sign up uh, RTN. And it's easy to do. Just go to emeralddowns.com. So there is that uh, answer. Week number three at Emerald Downs. Now, your news and notes, uh, a great feature for many years. All that fantastic information at emeralddowns.com. We used to catch that on Thursdays. Now you're uh, previewing the week, uh, recapping and previewing a little earlier. With uh, racing on Wednesdays and Thursdays, yeah, we get those up on Tuesday morning every week. So, uh Take Like you said, Joe, take a little look ahead at the coming week and then uh, reflect back a little bit on the previous week with some buyer figures and uh, who's leading, you know, the various owners, trainers, jockeys, sires, uh, weekly honors, you name it, they're on there. So it's just kind of a recap and a look ahead every week. It is. It's fantastic. Uh, do a super job on that. So it's up there right now. Recapping last week, looking forward to this week at Emerald Downs, the 2020 season, our 25th season underway. And uh, we're going to make some selections. Vince, you, uh, you're you doing good at picking out those first-time starters. Nice work last week. Uh, had the first-timer from Rosie Simpkins Barn, the Harbor of the Gold Philly. She I got won. a boo-boo, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you've given out several first-time starters on our podcast, and... Had some horses run really well. Yeah, I know you had a couple other price uh, morning line horses yeah, in the money. You know, I'm not going to, you know how it is, Joe. Sometimes you go good. And then uh, if you start thinking you're pretty good at this, disaster is right around the corner. So you just try to stay even keeled and find out what works for your particular handicapping methods is what I always tell everybody. We all have strengths and weaknesses as a handicapper and keep track of what you're good at and what you're not good at. Sometimes those results might surprise you at the end of the day. You'll notice some trends. I like captain. I like maiden races more than winner's races. I enjoy watching winner's races, but for me, maiden races have proved a better uh, bet for me in the long run. Others like you know, we might have John Lindley on later here. Yep. I think he might be different than that because he's excellent at ferrying out uh, who's uh, sharp winning races, etc. Yeah, he is. And John Lindley of Parker's is going to join us on today's podcast. As Vince just previewed, we do have three more two-year-old races this week. We have one on Wednesday. It'll be race number two. It's a two-year-old filly race at four and a half furlongs. Uh, Camden High, the uh, trainee from David Martinez, has had an out. She ran against the boys opening week, and she ran a solid third, came down the middle of the track, feet were moving fast, uh, uh, and she didn't get a high buyer figure in there, but she is step yeah, because she is stepping up, but she isn't against Phillies, so she is one to look at there. And then Thursday, we have a couple of two-year-old races as well, the first race and a maiden special weight Colton Gelding race, the fourth. So some, maybe some stars of uh, the two-year-old division debuting this week at Emerald Downs. So Yeah, that fourth race Wednesday is really interesting. Joe. It some is. Some good bloodlines, and they're going four and a half. It is indeed. Uh, 
So let's take a look, little look back at last week, Vince. We had uh, 10 races on Wednesday, 9 on Thursday. We had a record pick 5 handle of $297,000. The previous Emerald Downs pick 5 record was 150000 So we absolutely blew that out of the water after the carryover from the previous Thursday. Really did, Joe. And, and, and a couple of the winners from last Wednesday that were kind of interesting. Cactus Kate became the first winner sired by freshman sire tourist who won the 2016 uh, Breeders' Cup Mile at uh, Santa Anita. And then Wendy Point, our uh, state and track champion two-year-old of last year, came back and, boy, did she look good. She looked beating, great. Beating uh, several four-year-olds in that race. And mm-hmm. she can sit right off the pace. And, and, and she has a wonderful style. And she looks like she's headed for big things this year. Indeed. Yeah. Our state champion, two-year-old filly from uh, 2019, Windy Point debuts a winner in a three-and-up race. Uh, Elliot Bay won the feature on Thursday, and he hadn't won since he took the 17 Gottstein Futurity. So that was great for connections there. Of course, he's run some good big races. He was fourth in the mile last year, Vince. Fifth in the mile, I Fifth think. Fifth in the mile, year, okay. yeah. And, but in any event, that was a big run. Yeah, he uh, five-and-a-half, we thought maybe might be a little short for him, but, you know, he was a very good sprinter as a two-year-old, and he came up the inside there, Joe, and just powered to the lead there and got a 79 buyer for people who follow those things, which is a good, respectable number. And we had Frank Lucarelli on last week, and Frank did mention that this kind of was his best hope looking at the mile this year. And based off that effort and finishing fifth last year, you know, this is a pretty decent horse. Why not? Yeah, son of Harbor the Gold, Elliott Bay uh, took advantage, of course, uh, Inside speed was pretty tough at Emerald Downs on Thursday. Now, looking at the workouts on uh, Sunday and Tuesday of this current week, the workouts seem a little bit slower, so a little bit of uh, track renovation uh, went on. We actually saw some of it from the sixth floor, your office up there. Yes, and uh, one thing I, you know, I've noticed over the years, Joe, here is speed tends to be a little better at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? And yeah. last Thursday, it was very pronounced, so... Um, you know, I never want to take away anything from a horse that wins on a track that favors its style. It's hard to win a race regardless of the situation. And, uh, but when, we, when those horses come back that ran on a night like that, and uh, whether they ran poorly, you know, maybe you can dismiss that effort. Or if they ran big, maybe you can put it under a different prism. But that'll be up for us to decide when those horses come back here in a couple of weeks. That's right. Okay, so Elliott Bay, a winner by Harbor the Gold. He's had five uh, races won as a sire so far at the meeting. And let's face it, Vince, he is going to overtake Sloodle Dew at this meeting. You just can't stop it. It's not like a, a hitter who's looking for his 3,000th hit or a, a pitcher who's looking for his 3,000th victory or something like that. They get into a little slump. Harbor the Gold just has so many runners out there. He trails Sloodledoo all time in Emerald Downs history. Sloodledoo with 412 sire wins. Harbor the Gold with five this year is up to 404. He's eight behind, and we know how many state champions he's had, especially younger horses. Uh, he has really been spectacular since uh, Noosa Beach was his first crop, a two-year-old of 2008. He tipped his hand there, and yeah, yeah. we mentioned 64 stakes wins over the years we got some other sires in the state too doing pretty well mm-hmm. joe coast guard is really caught in the eye he's good good looking stallion and he's throwing some runners and abraj and uh attaboy roy and nationhood also i i take a good look at anything they put out on the track they produce uh produce uh some good runners here in the northwest 
Yeah, we're seeing a lot of young horses early in the meet. Of course, two-year-olds have been, many of them have been in training, and many of them racing at Emerald Downs. We've had uh, four, maybe two-year-old races already, and we have three more this week, as mentioned. So Harbor the Gold going to take over Sloodledoo as the number one sire of races won in Emerald Downs history pretty soon. The Emerald Racing Club off to a great start. One for one so far. Vince uh, manages the club and all its happy members after that victory last week, Vince. Yes, sir. We were allowed to have 10 people on track, and they they actually made a lot of noise for 10 people. What a flirt who had been 0 for 25 in California, came up here and won a maiden eight, almost gate to wire, and uh, won by length and a quarter, and she did a great job. Hats off to Sharon Ross. You know, she does. Sharon does a great job overall, but she's really been excellent with club horses that we've purchased that really have had a trouble winning races before they come up here and she wastes no time getting them into the winner's circle Zanab a couple years ago was one for 35 and won three races that year and two last year yeah. so Sharon is really good at getting a horse to be happy and healthy and enjoying their work yeah part of that training team with her husband Larry Ross members of the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame for their successes so, what a flirt wins, and I think the club has another runner this week. We do. In uh, race four tomorrow, a route race going to Miles Templeview. Um, get this, Joe, was claimed in his last six starts in California. He is in a starter allowance, 7,500 claimer going a mile. So, it'll be real interesting to see how he fares. It's interesting race. There's a couple of back-class horses in there and several that haven't run since uh, 2019. So, we'll find out where he fits. Temple View has 20 starts, and he is just, now he's won, what, four of his last five? He's really caught fire. And if you look quickly, Dirt Fast, his record on a Dirt Fast track, seven starts, no placings. Right. But he was also uh, very poor on synthetic till this recent hot streak. That's correct, yeah. So I think the 0 for 7 on Dirt might uh, scare some people off. But like you said, I think he's a different horse now than he was earlier in his career. But certainly that's something to take into account tomorrow. And before they actually do it in a race, you're always a little concerned about it. But tomorrow is exciting. It'll be a, a tell us where this horse fits at Emerald Downs. And it looks like he's training quite well since he arrived up here. Sharon Ross, the trainer of Temple View, a four-year-old and just a, a new horse. Three for four in 2020. And he won his final start of 2019, a maiden race down at Golden Gate. So the club's in action. And... Uh, you want to go over last week's honors that uh, are available to peruse at emeralddowns.com as well? Yes, sir. We got uh, Jockey of the Week, Jennifer Whitaker. She's closing in on a milestone, as we mentioned. I think she needs six wins for 500 at Emerald Downs. Chris Stensley. Boy, her horses always look great on the track. You pointed out many times over the years, Joe. And she had a super big day on Thursday with two wins in a second. She's our trainer of the week. The owner of the week, Clemens View Racing and Michelle Bono, owners of Windy Point. The Wabred of the Week, Elliott Bay, uh, bred by Rick and Debbie Pabst. Uh, I think they had back-to-back winners on Thursday as breeders. Yes. Spot On, also bred by them. That's so right. big week for them. Angel Cruz, uh, Quarter Shoot Cafe Groom of the Week, worked for Sharon Ross. And exercise writer Clark Jones. Clark Jones, okay. Also the superintendent of the jocks room. And Clark uh, gets on those horses for Chris Stensley. And you mentioned you could hear the club people uh cheering down the stretch so could you jody peets uh, and chris stensley cheering for their two wins last thursday and they got a big chance to celebrate because those were both wide open victories yeah and daffodil sweet a first time starter came up with a, a huge race to go uh, wire to wire 
earned a 72 buyer. So it'll be interesting to follow that one. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with John Lindley. Those of you who followed Emerald Downs Racing, John's been the author of Parkers. He's an outstanding Northwest handicapper, and he'll give us some expertise in just a moment here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Joining us, our weekly guest on Horse Racing Northwest, John Lindley of Parkers. John has been involved in thoroughbred racing for more years than he wants to count. John, you don't change much uh, physically, appearance-wise, but uh, you've been following the races here in Washington since basically the early 1980s. Good afternoon. Hello, Joe and Vince. No, I've been a regular, I don't think I've missed a day, maybe one day for the 94 World Cup, I flew down to Stanford to watch um, a semifinal match. Wow. And that's pretty much been about it for live racing, although, of course, this year is a little different. But, yeah, it's been a, a strange time for me, only because I have, you know, for the first time since maybe 83, I've had weekends off in the summer. <laughs> it's a learning experience to to try that and hopefully that'll uh, end in a few weeks here but um, right now I'm happy there's racing I know that um, the management and uh, Phil and Ron and everybody did a lot to get open and of course the owners the support we have in the northwest to have the horses be racing despite what we're up against is um, pretty impressive yes it's taken a lot of diligence and checks and balances and uh, attention to detail and uh, yeah good good words by you there um so, John is joining us, and uh, he is the author of Parker's a Popular Tip Sheet. John just does an excellent job at handicapping, and Vince, as you know, I've sat next to John for several years on our different shows, and he's just, he just doesn't get tied to horses. He doesn't get tied down. You know, maybe he cashes a good bet on a horse. He, he's still uh, just a... Uh, he, he looks over, and he, he assimilates the information. He... Make, looks at the data just very objectively. Yeah, I agree. And it's hard not to get tied to a horse if yeah. you've cashed a good ticket on it. But no, one thing I, I will say about John, and let's see if he agrees. John, you really, um, it, when all else fails, you look for speed in a race. A hundred percent. I think that's what I start with. At. I don't even, I don't wait till the end. I, it's my first, my first glance through is um, if there's controlling speed in the race, it's going to be hard for me to go against him. And then at the end of the, any particular race, if I'm kind of lost, then um, my default pick is going to be somebody I think will be on the lead. And I, I don't think it's unusual uh, for a lot of people to look at that, only because dirt racing, especially on the West Coast, is you know predominantly dominated by horses that have good tactical speed. So 
Um, it's fun to watch those deep closers. I mean, when Stryker PhD was winning the mile and running all those races, it's a blast to watch. But from a tactically betting standpoint, a lot of times they make that move and they don't quite get there. And so, yeah, I'm going to go with horses that have good tactical speed uh, if, in all scenarios unless I'm really lost. And I think I mentioned that when I'm on the show with Joe as a guest. If, if I pick a deep closer, I know, I'm in, <laughs> I know I'm in trouble, but on occasion they do come in. So, um, you, know, they, you know, Emerald's only had four days of racing. We haven't had too many horses come from far back. We have, actually, I think one of the first races of the year, though, um, you know, there was a horse come from far back uh, opening day. But past that, um, it's been a lot of dominant horses upon the lead. Yeah, we've had 20-some races at five-and-a-half furlongs. But, uh, hey, you mentioned Stryker PhD. I think you were on him. He was your top pick both years he won the mile, John. Yeah, it took me a while to kind of start to like him. But um, when he came off the second-place mile the year before and then Sharon Ross had him ready to go get go for the first year he won it, I think, like everybody else or a lot of people, I picked him every time he ran all the way through the end there. And he's just... I want to call him a deep closer, but in reality, he isn't. He just had that mid-race move that you don't really see too often. He got to the lead well before the top of the stretch in a lot of his races. If not then, it was soon after they hit the eighth pole there. But So I don't really want to, you know, he was far back early, but he had a, he had a move that put him in contention when, when it really mattered. And, um, he was a lot of fun to watch, as opposed to like a horse like Chum Salmon who came from far, far back and I would never, ever play. Uh, this uh, Sharon Ross trained horse was a little different. Yeah, awesome, awesome horse. Uh, of course, the two-mile wins, and he won eight consecutive stakes races here at Emerald Downs, eight consecutive stakes starts, which uh, ties our record along with Stop Shopping Debbie. I think that was a trivia question already this year. Joe Withy and Vince Brune, joined by John Lindley of Parker's, and your tip sheet is available, John. Yeah, so at least for the first month here, it's only available online at Parker's picks.com and it's only available for the emerald selections just emerald no simulcast or anything like that because the schedules are changing so much um, but it's relatively inexpensive and you know we have eight nine ten races a day so i think you're getting good value there whereas you know on a friday a couple of years ago we might only have seven but here you get 10 races for a couple bucks and um you know i think you'll find it useful especially if you're not able to make it to the track because some of the comments I make will be specifically about maybe some trips or some other issues that you might not be able to catch if you're watching from home or um, on your phone. And we did have, as we talked about, several speed horses win last Thursday. John had four winners last Thursday. A darn not good not total. surprising, yeah. Yeah, and, and we didn't have... What's the percentage of winning favorites so far? It's, uh, it's near, right around 20%. Yeah, I think it's 26% or something. Yeah, it's it's a lot lower than normal because of the field size. Yep. You know? John, uh, so Parker's available, parkerspicks.com. Go there. Of course, uh, we're not allowing fans into the track for live racing outside. Uh, just owners can come in. So that is the... Uh, policy but of course the fifth floor is open wednesday through sunday floor number five and that is pretty much an all-day situation john uh and then another thing vince the trip notes that john lindley's been doing for years is just a very valuable handicapping uh, benefit yeah and, it, and it's always been free at uh, emeralddowns.com and they're very thorough like everything else john does and uh i can't say enough good things about those because he catches not only the obvious stuff but he catches some of the subtle stuff too which you know a trained eye like john is good at picking up one thing i wanted to ask john on you know handicapping 
that uh, $10,000 claiming feature race for Wednesday. John, you're a speed handicapper. That is a tough race because there is several horses that only have one way of going. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that race. No, I, I looked at it like you did. The You know, the race right after that, too, the, the ninth has got a few of those that tend to be on the lead. But, um, you know, Owner's Prestige is the morning line favorite there. I don't know. I don't really think he's as fast out of the gate as some other horses. And I, I just finished my picks for tomorrow, and I did not pick him anywhere. And I think he's a pretty vulnerable favorite, assuming the field stays intact. You know, so lucky is is super quick, as you know. Um, Swing sick deputy has gone to the lead many times in the past. Cody's choice, of course, and um, outside Lawan, who had a terrible trip. You can catch that on the race notes out of the gate last time. And I think you're right. I and that's where I ended up with the closer. Um, so okay. uh, there's a lot of speed there, and I think the, the favorite's probably a little vulnerable. He's off a long time. He's not really a horse that up to this point has run um, from off the pace, and I just don't really see him getting the lead there. Of course, you know, things change after the gates open, but um, I'm going to go with a slight upset there, and I don't know. You know, Emily's gold last time kind of ran an even race against a strong field, and I think he's just going to improve enough here, and we're going to get a really good price. Uh, if Barn tends to race him into shape, that Barn doesn't really have him ready, you know, first out. So we'll see if he can get a good trip and, and maybe make a slight upset for some horses who might be a little vulnerable in their first spot. Okay, Emily's gold in race nine tomorrow at Emerald Downs. I put him in my top three. Yeah, he, his sprint race is pretty fair. Uh, boy, it's funny how some decent sprinters up here at emerald downs just haven't fared too well at grant's pass we've seen several of those of course it is a bull ring but uh john uh you know you're so good at uh doing the trip notes that you'll be carrying on a conversation with me or somebody else and you'll be making notes while you're talking you're watching the race and making notes and but you do do a, a, a double check later you you study the tapes uh to to do the fine detail work at a later date yeah, I think as everybody knows, well, at least this year, we've had some bigger fields because we have a compact racing week. And um, I catch stuff like you do when we're glancing up and I'll maybe keep an eye on one or two horses. But most of my work is done with the uh, Race Notes DVD, which has four different views on it. And I can go slow motion, especially in big fields or in the, in the evening when it's a little darker. It may be hard to make out you know, horses while we're live. And mm-hmm. it gives me an advantage to you know not necessarily have to do everything at the track and like you know you and i talk we might be watching the race at the same time and having a conversation (laughs) because it's not our first day at the track but i i think in general i try to be as factual as i can i try not to say anything about horses have perfect trips or anything like that i tend to go with just stuff that i specifically see happen and i do you know as most people that are going to look at the race notes already know you know use the trips in context of you know, what happened to the horse, you know, the pace of the race and any other factors. Some horses are always going to be wide regardless of who they are. You know, like you have a horse, like remember to breathe and the horses coming out of that sprint that ran on our second day that are running in the first race tomorrow. Several of them are wide, but that's pretty much the way they're going to run, at least in sprints. And then you have a horse like Lobaness who's running Thursday or La Juan who's running tomorrow who had significant trouble at the start and had trouble soon after the start. And for those type of horses that first hundred yards or 16th of a mile is so critical and they can be completely taken out of their game. And so when you see the trip notes, you know, you get to watch, you can watch replays on your phone, even just, you know, to verify what at least um, I thought I saw and just use it in context of what else is going on. What's the style of the horse and 
the type of race. Um, that's just one thing I'd you know recommend. There are some horses running you know tomorrow and Thursday had just terrible trips their first out, and we'll see if they bounce back with better trips uh, this week. Okay, and uh, John, we've got plenty of two-year-old races, and uh, so many times the trip notes don't apply because we have a lot of first-time starters and two-year-olds this time of year early in the season. Three more two-year-old races this week. You know your Washington breeding. You know your trainers. Uh, uh, There's a combination of mostly workouts and barns uh, on your selections on two-year-olds, or you tell us. Uh, for sure, the second one, Barnes. I, I don't really look at workouts too much. I'm not out there in the mornings, and as everybody knows, there's a lot of factors that go into the final time of a workout, including um, you know, whether or not they're in company, whether or not an exercise rider was on the horse, what the riders were doing during the uh, workout, whether or not they're asking the horse to do it on their own. But I think for me, it's two factors. One is Barnes, and the other is a sire. You have, we have pretty good information on a lot of sire statistics, and any sire that you see that's has, you know, they, two-year-old debuts of under 8 9%. I'm probably going to downgrade going into a race. It doesn't mean on a particular day it won't win. But the ones that have that 15% mark or as high as 20% that you see published, I'm going to really look at those. And, of course, same with Barnes. I think there are certain Barnes at Emerald, um, you know, uh, Kay Cooper, Bon Jenny, Doris Harwood, McKenna, Ortiz, you know, they tend to have their two-year-olds ready. Um, doesn't mean that, you know, Frank Lucarelli and Blaine Wright don't, but in general, their percentages are a little lower. lower but And this is with two-year-olds only. Those barns I'm going to kind of upgrade. Um, there's other barns that I think people would be surprised. <laughs> uh, Roy Lum's last two-year-old win was in 2006, the first-time starter. Uh, Robbie Bays' last two-year-old first-time starter win was 2013. Um, Jesse Velasquez, I believe, also was like 2008, um, Roberto Velasquez. And so, you know, they tend to race them into shape. So, as you mentioned, you know, you, as you do and Vince does, we know our barns here pretty well, and we kind of know which ones are um, pointing towards that first race and which ones are kind of giving some experience down the line. And those are the two biggest factors I would look at is the sire and the barns. Very good. Okay. So what would you have Emily's gold morning line uh, on Wednesday, Vince? I can't recall off the okay. top of my head. Maybe John can refresh me since he likes the horse a bit. Um, Vince has him at 15 to 1. 15, okay. <laughs> that uh, is something to think about, folks listening our podcast between now and Wednesday's ninth race at Emerald Downs. Emily's gold 15 to 1 morning line in a really hotly contested, uh, looks like feature race. John, uh, just great information and keep pumping it out. Parker's Picks available online, parkerspicks.com. And the trip notes available at emeralddowns.com. One more thing. I don't know if everyone out there knows. John's part of a graded, owns part of a graded stakes winner named Majestic Eagle, who's been campaigning in California. I was wondering what's up with that horse, John. You know, he, um, he had a pretty good summer fall where he, you know, we got very lucky and won a grade three. And then um, he's got as good as second in a grade two race, the San Gabriel but since then, he's kind of tailed off a little bit. And, you know, that big break, um, we gelded him during that big break when there was no racing. Then he came back his next start in the San Francisco Mile. We had pretty high expectations, and he just didn't seem the same horse. So right now we're in a he's, – he's at Del Mar. He's ready to go. Um, we're considering entering a race on Saturday called the Wicker Stakes. But um, Neil is actually kind of backing off of that and wants to point him towards a different spot. So we'll decide that tomorrow. But – Hopefully the the break and the gelding kind of got him got going good because you know towards the end of the summer there we were pretty high that he might be 
able to win another graded stakes race. And he's good enough to compete, but he quite, you know, not quite good enough to get the job done there. But, um, you know, he was uh, formerly Dave Herensberger's horse and Mm. we were very good friends with Dave and we were able to purchase, um, this horse out of the estate, uh, last year. And, um, we're just kind of really just hoping to continue Dave's legacy and see his, uh, colors cross the winner's circle again. Hopefully it'll be soon. Yeah, that'd be great. Good luck on Majestic Eagle, a now five-year-old son of Medallia Doro, and uh, John and uh, Ray Morton, owners of him. So, John, thank you so much. We'll see you at the races at Emerald Downs. Yeah, thanks for having me on today. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. John Lindley joining us. Always just great information. Uh, presents it well, too. And, uh, yeah, those trip notes. Uh, I think uh, those have caught on to a lot of handicappers around the country who follow Emerald Downs. Yeah, and again, it's a free service, and it's very detailed, you know, and John, as you know, you can hear him, he speaks well, and he's got a great eye for watching horses. He's just one of those great guys to have around a racetrack, Joe. He's Mm -hmm. uh, just a class act, and I don't mean to use a cliche, but that sums him up pretty well. Very good. Hey, we've got a little more to come here on Horse Racing Northwest. We're going to have our trivia answer and new question and some selections from us as we continue on in a moment here on the podcast from Emerald Downs. Muckleshoot Casino welcomes you back with safety as our top priority. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back. And feast on a variety of delectable dining options. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Horse Racing Northwest, thanks to John Lindley. And, uh, well, let's uh, go over last week's trivia question. The question was, which Emerald Down stakes-winning mare has produced the highest earner in the breeding shed? Warren Wilson is good at this stuff, Vince. He's had, like, three correct answers, and, and I and had... That a, was a toughie, too. It was. I had a list, and he even helped me complete the top five. He, he had one in there, a Lemon Kiss, a Jerry Hollendorfer stakes winner here at emerald downs came up and won our distaff she's got a big earner i didn't have her but i did have the top pick and so did warren chandra smiles produced smiling tiger who is just uh, doing very well as a sire dr rodney Orr campaigned chandra smiles and he has uh, bred her and been very successful chandra smiles won the federal way back uh, i believe it was 2000 or one 2001 and she produced Smiling Tiger. Boy, she also produced She's a Tiger, who won a Breeders' Cup race and got DQ'd, a rare DQ in a Breeders' Cup race. But Smiling Tiger, $1.4 million. That's the top earner from an Emerald Down Stakes winning mare. Yeah, great question. And yeah, Chandra Smiles, uh, what a career on and off the track. Indeed, boy. Uh, and then this week's question, and send your answers into trivia at emeralddowns.com. Trivia at emeralddowns.com. Who has the most Washington Horse of the Year titles? Which equine athlete in the history of this state, who has the most Washington Horse of the Year titles? Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Let's get to some selections, Vince. Let's take a look at Wednesday's card. Ten races starting at 2.15 on Wednesday. I'm going to go to race number six, and I'm going to say that uh, 
stalkers and closers are going to have a little better chance on Wednesday. And Mila Delights, uh, she showed a little speed last year as a two-year-old. A couple of times she stalked. She was third in a stalking mode, and then she won in a stalking mode. Now, her first start this year, so figured out, and Dazzling Debbie had that great battle uh, down the stretch, so figured out, your selection won. But Mila Delights was really compromised by a slow start. And she ran on nicely. You can Again, you can catch the replays at emeralddowns.com free of charge if you'd like eddie martinez is back second off the bench chris stensley in charge the barn's going good this horse can run a little bit and she's going to be closer to the pace this time with a fair start i'm going to say with five and a half furlongs uh she's going to be able to get up and i'm going to take mila delights in the sixth at a little bit of a price very good. Make a convincing uh, argument there, yeah. Joe. I'll, I'll My go. argument sounded good last week too, but then the uh, fruition. Then they went and ran the race. Yeah. Now this it's always never easy to come up with winners. We know that. Okay, race seven on uh, Wednesday. This is uh, non-winners of three lifetime for three-year-olds and up. Uh, claiming price twenty-five hundred, which is the lowest we have here. And Emerald Downs are going five and a half furlongs. You know, the big question mark in this race, Joe, will be diff. Um, who has kind of hit mm-hmm. the skids and has dropped, taken a big drop down to 2,500. So that was a tough to make a line on. But being from Frank Lucarelli and going on the drop, I imagine they'll get quite a bit, of, bit of money wagered. The horse I like here is Johnny Five, number three. This horse was a pretty decent three-year-old here last year with two wins in uh, three seconds. And I think the, the trip here is going to be perfect uh, with Gary Wales up. There's a filly in here taking on the boys named Guided by Angels. And she is really fast. I respect her. She's got a lot of speed, but I think Johnny Five might be able to sit just off her and then move by during the stretch for the victory. So I'll go with Johnny Five here to come off the bench and win. Not a great price, 7-2 to on the morning line, but uh, I think uh, this four-year-old by Eddington has a pretty good shot. I see that the same way. I've got that horse right on top on my selections at emeralddowns.com same reasons you had his early season sprints last year were just fine and then he won twice at a mile he's sprinting fresh and as you mentioned he can lay close we like johnny five vince's pick and vince was uh vince was good yesterday uh, last wednesday he gave out two horses they both won so nice work last week uh I not so nice. I was not nice last week. Okay, let's go to Thursday and predict the future once again. Ten races. Excellent card. Thursday, first race at 5 p.m. at Emerald Downs. I'm going to the ninth race, and it's just a seven-horse field, but there is some speed in there, Vince. Uh, Oh, yeah. Let's look at those horses. Uh, Sunshine Emily. She had two really impressive sprint wins last year here at Emerald Downs. She's a Frank Lucarelli trainee, and she beat Perfect Blossom pretty soundly one race. Perfect Blossom has a good amount of speed. And Guardian 1, if you look at Guardian 1's wins, she is really close at that opening quarter. And some are wire to wire, some are just within a half length at the first quarter, and then she just goes on with it. So you've got three pushing horses in there. I'm going to go crazy in here with Little Dancer, who looks to be training really well for Doris Harwood. Uh, she hasn't won in a while, but she has run some good sprints in California. And when she started her three-year-old season for Harwood, her first two races of the year were six furlong sprints. She won them both at big prices. She can sprint. thinks she's just going to get the good setup. So I'm going to go Little Dancer, training well for Harwood. 
to run down what should be a contested pace at six furlongs. Vince. Yeah, I agree. That's one of those horses. If you look who she's been running against in her career, you know, she she's kind of had it tough. So I can see Little Dancer, especially at six furlongs, Joe. She has won twice at that distance yep. in the past. Okay, I'm going to go to race three on Thursday. This okay. is a 25,000 maiden claimer for three and up. Five and a half furlongs is the tag. And I hope Chris Densley's not going to be mad at us because you picked one of her horses, and now I am too. I'm going to the outside here, hard to deny. Mm-hmm. This 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 uh, one ran pretty good against winners two times last year. You know, it's in its debut, uh, it was pulled up right out of the gate, and then in its next two starts, it ran against winners. And a fourth against this great nation is not that bad, looking back, Joe. That's been a pretty successful horse here at Emerald Downs. And I think with the outside draw... And uh, seems to be training really well. I think it's uh, hard to deny could live up to his name on uh, in uh, race number three on Thursday. And I think the line here is uh, three to one on that one. So again, no great shakes on the line. I respect Ballius coming in for uh, Blaine Wright. In fact, Ballius in his debut here last year finished third to Compelling Smile and Show Me the Mints, which proven to be a pretty powerful maiden race. So I, I respect that one. Bear Creek Mountain had a pretty decent out over the track. So he it's did. not going to be easy, but I think Hard to Deny has a great chance. Okay. Yeah. As you mentioned, just three career starts. And after uh, just a non-effort in his career debut, he came back later in the meet and both his races were against winners, as you mentioned. Blinkers on, training well, good Barnes going well, hard to deny for Vince there in the third. And we did want to mention uh, Wednesday at Indiana Grand, uh, Bob Rondo's horse, Background, is in the Indiana Derby, trained by Mike Puich. And Background showed a lot of ability in the winter at Oaklawn. He broke his maiden there. He ran another good race there. He's coming off a sprint where he didn't do much, but his best races have been around two turns. He is in the Indiana Derby. Ten horses entered in there, Vince. Seven of the ten are non-winners of two lifetime, like background. And the other three that have won twice, uh, none of them have won a stake. So for a $300,000 race, background's got a pretty good spot. Nice placement here by Mike Puich. Well, we've always talked, Joe, if you've got a pretty good three-year-old and you want to go the B circuit and kind of get away from the absolute grade ones, there is a lot of money out there in these, uh, you know, grade twos and grade threes around the country at, at uh, some of the mid-level tracks. And certainly that's a huge pot for those horses. And background, I think, is a little high on the line there. He, he showed some run, uh, a couple of real nice oh, races yeah. this winter at uh, Oaklawn Park. Okay, so that'll be during the Emerald Downs card on Wednesday afternoon. Horse Racing Northwest, that's a show. Hope you enjoy. And again, racing at 2.15 Wednesday 5 p.m. on Thursday this week at Emerald Downs. Thanks to Wes Petrie for getting us, uh, you call it on the air, Wes, but uh, he gets it produced and gets it out there. So, Horse Racing Northwest, see you at the track. <laughs>